A quick note before we start. The content in this episode should not be considered to be medical advice and no physician-patient relationship is implied. Have your attention, please. All clear on the cold red, I repeat. All clear on the cold red, thank you. Hey, Janet, we have an add-on today for Dr. Kudakoff. It's a left nephrectomy. Oh, really? So we're going to be doing that laterally. Is he doing it? That's Janet Coleman, an OR nurse at Fox Chase Cancer Center. Well, the patient's in DRU right now. so he's Although Janet's been a nurse here since the early 90s, her work is anything but old school. Obviously, I specialize in oncology, but uh, I do all kinds of surgeries. I guess my heart belongs to robotic surgery. Probably, I'm sh- I would suspect there's a bleeding issue, so we'll better call blood bank and get some units of blood type and screen type and cross match um all right we'll take it from there um let me go find the da vinci robots are being used for a lot of things it started out as a urologic uh tool and now we use it for gynecologic surgeries general surgeries head and neck surgeries and thoracic surgeries it can do a lot more than the human hand. Um, where a regular wrist has limited motion, this has a motion that a human wrist could never do. And the instruments are interchangeable. They're little tiny instruments that can squeeze into very small incisions and get into places that uh, we previously could not have gotten to with ease anyway. And while her interests are in technology, it's the human connections that keep her coming back. Every day, our waiting rooms, laboratories, and clinics fill up with people searching for something. To take care of others. To find the next big breakthrough. Maybe just to feel like themselves again. This is Connected by Cancer, the podcast of Fox Chase Cancer Center that's all about that search. I'm Andrew Becker, and each episode, we explore these connections together. Today, we'll talk with a few of Fox Chase's 791 nurses to learn what it's like to spend a career caring for cancer patients. We'll hear how patients have shaped the way some nurses do their work, how they handle the inevitable tough moments, and how patients sometimes influence their lives outside the hospital. For Janet Coleman, it began with finding the right fit. I've been here for 28 years been a nurse for 30, and I actually worked in a a big trauma center in the city. I loved it, but the hours were a lot tougher. So then I went to a community hospital, uh, and I was bored. So then I came here, and I thought, wow, I get the big cases, small cases, nice, you know, diverse type of surgeries. And then I learned probably the thing that has kept me here for so long, and that's oncology. At first, I thought that oncology patients, that it would be a very sad atmosphere. And I found that it's the exact opposite. There's no better patient than an oncology patient for me because they want as many tomorrows as possible. And so they're the most compliant, just the best patients to deal with. No two surgeries are ever the same. And it's always, so it's always exciting. It's always fun. And we kind of get people when they're, I believe, at their most vulnerable And I try and figure out, like, according to somebody's age, um, if they're joking, I try and take them individually. And sometimes it's with humor. Um, You know, I might talk sports with them if if I see an Eagles tattoo or something like that. And And that's probably one of the best parts of my job because I like that challenge and they need us. They need us intensely. And we're there for them. We're their eyes. We're their ears. We're everything for them while they're asleep. We will get them through this. 
While Janet loves the fast pace of the operating room and the challenge of creating quick but meaningful connections to her patients, nurse educator Diana Cott recalls a bond she built over time with a patient who helped shape her as a caregiver. So I had a patient, this was when I was a new nurse, I was maybe a nurse for six months. He had told me I had had him for a couple nights in a row, so I had a lot of continuity of care. I was really with him. I knew him, I felt, in a nice way. And he told me, it was right before Thanksgiving, he told me he had no family to celebrate it with. Um, He was a DNR, so that means do not resuscitate. So not that he was impending death, but he had cancer. He was no longer getting treatment for it. He just said, um, you know, I have no one to celebrate with. He maybe made some bad decisions in his life, and he was just kind of confiding in me. So I remember we got him washed up before going to bed. I gave him a little bit of pain medicine, um, and he was so comfortable. And I went and I went and took care of other patients. I came back 30 minutes later, and he had passed away in his sleep. Now, as a brand new nurse, I thought, "Oh my God, that five milligrams of pain medicine killed him." That that tablet, and I was so upset. And everyone said, "No, no, of course it didn't." So it made me sad initially and then I had someone sit down with me and say you made him so comfortable you let him talk about all of those things that were sitting on his heart and um, after he passed and we called his next of kin 10 people from his family came to sit with him and I just thought I hope that he is looking down at this and realizing he did have somebody there he did have people that cared I mean they were crying they were sad that he would have passed it was the night before Thanksgiving I mean it was really it was a beautiful thing because I think that it makes you realize people have um, this sense of themselves that maybe they're not good enough or they're not worthy enough of something. And he had all of that. And, you know, at least at the end, maybe he didn't realize that before he passed, but he was able to get that out to somebody. Just this brand new nurse sitting there with him, I just let him talk about it. So that was a really nice moment for me. And it made me start to reevaluate the way I took care of people because I was a brand new nurse and I thought, Oh my gosh, I was so worked up about it. And then and then after thinking about it and sitting with the thoughts of it all, it made me feel a lot better. You definitely, when you're in nursing school, you have this idea, I think, in your head of what you're going to be doing. And then you get out there and you're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is so different. It really made me look at everyone in the world very different because you know I'm in the grocery store and I think this person's being so rude. And I'm like, but if you were my patient, I wouldn't. I wouldn't care. I'd take such good care of you. I think about those things all of the time. Um, so I try to be more patient in that way. I think nursing has made me a very patient person because you have to be. Um, and as I'm saying it, I'm thinking patient and patience. But I mean, it really is a very stressful job. You're constantly running around. I give any nurse out there in the world major props because it's a very difficult job to be compassionate and work that 12 hour shift and keep that same straight face and and be happy and and you know this is the scariest moment of somebody's life and this is just your every day. Kara Itas grew up in a family of nurses. Well overall I would say probably a total of like uh, 12 nurses my family then including like aunts and uncles and my mom and my sister as well so it runs deep I guess I would say (laughs) yes yeah. Yeah. She started on her path to nursing before she even started high school. Now, five years into her career, she has no doubt that caring for people is her calling. I'm a pre-admission testing nurse for the perioperative suite. Primarily, we are the first stop for patients coming in for surgery um, prior to admission. So it's really nice for me to, you know, be able to talk to patients um, at a point where they're, you know, getting ready for procedure. And there's a lot of hope that 
their quality of life will go up or uh, what they're going through right now might be changed via this surgical procedure. Um, Growing up in a a family that it was in a lot of service professions from teaching to mostly nursing, um, to not have the ability or capacity to help people made me feel helpless in a sense. So to be able to help people and also connect with people is really, really important for me. Um, So I mean, uh, I've been working in hospitals and volunteering since I was like 13. So it's essentially just been a buildup of, (laughs) or like a matriculation of experiences that like led up to like, you know, now. So I think it's just always what I've anticipated to be. Um, Just, you know, people coming in, they're very vulnerable. Um, I think overall, it's kind of just reverting to what I said in regards to like meeting people where they're at. It might be just maybe like, were they in traffic today? Was it just a stressful day in general? Literacy level, there's a lot of different factors playing in, but you just kind of get a feel of where everyone's at and, and just look at the best way that you can help that person at that time, at that moment. Janet White recently celebrated her 43rd anniversary as a nurse at Fox Chase. Naturally, she's mastered many facets of nursing, but she's also learned that some lessons don't come easy. I tell you, there was a time when I was working in ICU that um, there was a patient who... Uh, had six children, and the day he passed away in the ICU, he was by himself. And I can remember I went aside and started crying, which I've never done that before, but I just thought it was so sad that he came from a large family, he had all these children, and yet he was by himself when he died. It was during the day, maybe that was part of it, people were probably in their own lives at that time, Uh, but uh, you know, it, it just struck me that even though we all have different types of circumstances, you, you come into this world alone and you leave alone, and that's really true. <laughs> I think experience gives you the compassion. I think that's probably the hardest thing to learn because when you're young, you don't understand a lot of things the things that people have gone through. It's like, you know, you have to walk a mile in my shoes to understand. So as you age, you've experienced some of these things yourself, and now you do have developed the the compassion for a lot of the issues that people go through. We'll be right back. Cancer advice from someone who knows. I'm Barry Tatelman, kidney cancer survivor. I had stage four kidney cancer. The statistics weren't good for me, but I underwent a very specific combination of surgery, chemotherapy, and cutting edge immunotherapy, which saved my life. I was in a position to survive because I was at Fox Chase. They're on the forefront of what's going on in cancer treatment. Where you start matters. Fox Chase Cancer Center, 888-FOX-CHASE. 
Hi, Miss with Miss Martin. It's Tracy, a nurse at Dr. Borges' office. Nursing is a multi-sensory proposition, but at the Fox Chase phone triage unit, nurses are limited to just one sense, listening. <laughs> you just having a bad day? I don't even have to say my name half the time. They know it's me when I call. Nurse Tracy Tassone spends her days assessing patients by phone and determining each person's next step. She has learned that careful, active listening is a powerful tool to help patients. So I worked in the clinic for a long time, and my boss was trying to expand our um, phone triage center. And I actually developed a latex allergy and could not work in the clinic anymore. So I kind of slipped into this spot, and I've, I've enjoyed it. I've been here probably 14 or 15 years now, um, and I really enjoy it. It's a different side of nursing, um, but I think the relationships we build with patients on the phone are really strong, and the patients really look forward to having that nurse there, especially when they know it's you, it's the same person each time. You build a relationship with them and their families, and I think it's beneficial for both. It is quite a different way to um, deal with patients. Um, it's learning to assess people without your eyes. So you're learning to um, hear things that you you know might not normally hear or noticing if someone you talk to daily that there's a difference in their voice today. They may be more short of breath. You can hear pain in someone's voice that you know. So um, it's different little things that you have to be a little more attentive to um, because you aren't in front of the patient. Um, I guess, you know, you have a, an idea of what a nurse is going to be from TV and things you hear. Um, and I don't find nursing to be that. I find it to be, it's very, um, has a lot of different aspects that you might not expect. Things that, and I think on TV you'll see like the technical part of things. You don't maybe see the more emotional side or the relationship side of things that these bonds that you build with people and, and um, you take with you through the rest of your life there's always someone who's going to stick with you. The person I'm thinking of um, was very young um, and had a young family when they were diagnosed and I think I was around the same age starting my family. Um, it was a, a younger gentleman who was married, had two children, small children. His parents were there every single day. His brothers was brothers were there every single day. And you know you get to know the family as well as the patient. Um, and so you they kind of look at you as part of their family at some point if someone's there for an extended period of time. And um, I happened to be pregnant when with my child when um, I was taking care of this patient. And sometimes I think about him, this patient, at times when I. I'm really experiencing something joyful with my child, and I think, you know, this is why I want to make sure I remember these moments. Debbie Baldessari had a very similar interaction with a patient. I remember, I, if they walked into the room together, I would pick them out in a heartbeat. And just like Tracy and so many other young nurses, she said the experience changed her forever. For Debbie, the lesson might be, you can never have too much family. One patient that has changed my life um, was a young person who was diagnosed with cancer um, and came in every day just living that day to the fullest, like not looking back, had small children, had a wife. He always had his kids sit in the bed with him. You know, they were three little children, like toddlers. So they always sat with him in bed. He wasn't one that would push them away. Um, 
all three daughters had the long hair and, you know, they always came in prim and proper and nice and neat. But by the time they left, because, you know, they're wrestling with daddy in bed, they were all disheveled looking. You remember that. And they always, you know, whatever nurse was caring for him was always included. You know, um, they would bring in coloring books and activities for the girls to do. And one of them always inadvertently accidentally hit the call bell. So if you walk in, you see a nurse in there coloring with the girls, you know, and he was very much including their children that, you know, they were young. They didn't really know what was happening. They just wanted daddy to get better. You know, we never had conversations with just him. His wife was always there. He always included her. So um, he spent as much time as he possibly could with his kids, um, with his wife. And it was definitely like his support system. You know, he had parents, she had parents, but at the time he just wanted his daughters and his wife. So they were our family. So we always said we had a work family and we had our own family. And the two never kind of met, but it was very special bonding that we've all had with our oncology patients. I often reference him in many education um, programs that I give because of his outlook. Like he was so thankful for everything. And I do, I see myself being more aware of my surroundings, the people in my life. And I, I thank them for it because I wouldn't be where I am today without every patient interaction that I've had. I think I matured as a nurse and a person because he kind of opened my eyes to there was Yes, I have cancer, but there's so much more in life going on that I really need to pay attention to it. Well, I think intelligence, compassion, moral integrity, uh, a strong sense of um, ethics, uh, a sense of humor. I think those are some of the main things that that we look for. And it's interesting because we can teach uh, smart people to, to do the technical aspects of the job. What it's harder to teach is compassion. So a lot of what we're looking for when we try to hire people is somebody that has that kind of intrinsic quality that they really want to care for others and that they're members of a team. So says Ann Jadwin, Vice President of Nursing and Chief Nursing Officer at Fox Chase. As the approach to cancer care has evolved in recent decades to focus more on the patient experience, nurses have been key players in those changes. So we've done a lot of work um, to really ensure that our patients um, you know, have a good experience. And I'd say years ago, uh, there was more focused on what was convenient for the clinician, and now it's really about a patient and family-centered approach to care. As you know, Fox Chase is an NCI-designated comprehensive cancer center. So I'm wondering what role nurses bring to bear in that designation. Um, I think patients, when they seek care at an NCI cancer center, expect that they're going to have top physicians. Um, but they also should expect, um, you know, the highest quality of nursing care. So, you know, paying attention to outcomes of care, reducing the risk of, of infection, making sure that patients have uh, a safe experience and um, that nurses are very well-grounded in customer service are important. I also think that nurses at NCI cancer centers um, also need to be visible in the larger, either regional, national, or international cancer scene. Because, you know, just as our medical staff colleagues would be expected to do that kind of outreach, um, you know, we have the expectation of our nursing staff to, to do that as well. 
Let, let's talk about Magnet for a minute. Just explain what Magnet is and why it's important and why it's important to us as an institution, but then also to patients who seek care here. So the Magnet designation um, actually um, uh, started in the late 80s. They were noticing that there was a nursing shortage nationally. And so a group of nurse researchers wanted to understand why some hospitals seemed to be thriving during this time and had no trouble recruiting staff and other hospitals were really struggling. So they did uh, some interesting study to look at some of the characteristics. And they were looking at things like a, a flattened kind of management structure, uh, staff empowerment, um, exemplary practice. They looked at uh, leadership characteristics of staff, and um, they found that these hospitals uh, seem to have the type of work environment that really um, promoted really exemplary nursing practice and one in which nurses really thrived as professionals. So they came up with this set of criteria, and the first magnet hospitals were actually accredited in the early 90s. And Fox Chase was actually a pretty early um, magnet hospital we were the first um, um, NCI cancer center to get magnet designation, the first specialty hospital in the country, and the 19th magnet hospital uh, to receive accreditation nationally, and that was in 2000. So um, I just want to wrap up, I guess, by asking what advice would you give to somebody who was trying to start a career in oncology nursing? Um, well, I think that's a good question. Um, I think that because you um, become so closely involved with uh, patients and their families, uh, that it's important to um, not lose sight that even if the outcome is is not a good one, uh, that you can still feel a sense of personal satisfaction and reward from um, being there on that journey. Um, and I think it, you know, there's some discussion in the literature about compassion fatigue or cumulative grief. And I think people that are in oncology for the long haul have to figure out emotionally how they can still be very connected with patients and their families, but yet um, have that sense of self that you can still feel resilient and positive um, in sometimes a disease in which the outcomes um, are not what we would like. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you. Connected by Cancer is the podcast of Fox Chase Cancer Center, and it's produced and edited by Joel Patterson and me with help from Jonathan Pfeffer. Thanks to nurses Debbie Baldessari, Kara Aitas, Janet Coleman, Diana Cott, Tracy Tisson, Janet White, and Ann Jadwin for sharing their stories with us. Thanks also to Blue Dot Sessions who provided us with music and to Rocket Summer Productions. Subscribe to Connected by Cancer in Apple Podcasts on foxchase.org or wherever you listen. And remember, the content of this episode should not be considered to be medical advice and no physician-patient relationship is implied. I'm Andrew Becker. Let's stay connected. Thank you.